Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle, and on today's episode, we are talking about Deshaun Watson, his six-game suspension, and all topics surrounding gambling on the Cleveland Browns. Now, let me start this episode off with a quick disclaimer. This is a sports gambling show. When I started this podcast, the concept was to react to the biggest sports stories and tackle them from a gambling perspective. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you know the biggest sports story right now is the Deshaun Watson news. So we are going to cover it from a gambling perspective, just like we do any other story. That being said, I know it is fucking weird to be talking about a guy who has been accused of sexual assault to over 20 different women and be recommending, like you'll hear me do in about seven minutes, to take the over on the Cleveland Browns win total. I do not support Deshaun Watson. I do not care if he played another down in the NFL. I think the dude is clearly a creep. I think if you've followed the story at all and you've seen some of the Instagram messages he sent to these therapists, if you understand the story of how the massages went down, this guy was clearly abusing his position as a high-profile name NFL quarterback, and he was really predatory on these women. It feels gross to be talking about Watson and to be recommending a Cleveland Browns over. With that said, I was not going to avoid making this episode and talking about the topic simply because I was too scared to touch the topic. I'm also not going to put out an episode where I talk about how the Browns are going to suck, so it seems like I'm not supporting Watson and talking down on him as a player. Instead, I'm going to be straightforward, tell you guys that it feels weird for me to be supporting the Browns as a team with its captain and head honcho being a guy who has, again, over 20 different women accusing him of sexual assault. It's gross. It's weird. It's off-putting. It's whatever word or verb you want to put on it. But it's not going to distract me from giving honest betting advice on the show. So with that being said, let's bring in our guest today. I am joined by a longtime friend of mine who I think is going to be a usual around here during football season. He was my first call when I thought of this topic and wanted someone to come talk to me. His name is Alex Cohen. He is not only the winner of my fantasy football league last season, but he's a big gambler. He's a frequent voice on ESPN radio calling in and giving his opinion. And now he's taken his talents onto the advantage and joining us. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's take a quick break and we'll be joined by Alex. All right, welcome back. I am now joined by my good friend, Alex Cohen. Alex, before we started today, I sent you my intro, the you know first few minutes of this podcast. Since we are talking about Deshaun Watson, since it is a bit of a touchy subject, I wanted to give you a minute, whatever you want to say at the top, a quick Alex Cohen disclaimer. You can either second what I said, or if you feel like you need to add anything, 
go ahead before we start talking about gambling on the Cleveland Browns. Is there anything you want to say about the Watson news? No, it's really an unfortunate situation, but you, you, you pretty much outlaid everything that I, you know, think and, you know, let's just move forward and it sucks, but it is what it is. And, uh, let's go. Okay. Let's jump into gambling. I want to start this conversation off, Alex, with discussing the news coverage before we heard that Watson was suspended six games. I just kind of wanted to give me like two minutes to run through some of my observations because the way that I was able to read some of these tea leaves in the last few days is pretty important thing to do as a gambler to be able to forecast what big story is to come because you could potentially get ahead of the gambling market on it. So there's been uh, news reports over the last few weeks that were very indicative to me that this was going to be a quote-unquote underwhelming suspension, a shorter-than-likely suspension. So I first noticed that like a month ago, the NFL leaked that they wanted it to be a full year, and we heard that the judge, Sue L. Robinson, was very annoyed that the NFL leaked their goals which to me said one thing, that the NFL was thinking they were not going to get their desired outcome. So they started that PR campaign saying they were asking for a longer suspension. So they seemed like they wanted more out of this, even though that's not what the judge ended up giving. Secondly, I noticed the NFL and Watson revisited a settlement in the last week before this news dropped. The NFL pushed for 12 games and a $10 million fine. Watson would not accept anything over eight games. This to me signaled Watson knew it was not going to be a full year because he wouldn't even accept 12 games. Finally, I noticed this weekend there were reports that this news was going to be dropped Monday and that the thought was the suspension was going to be lighter than expected, kind of letting the public know, hey, we're probably going to let you guys down. So we're going to start letting you guys down now instead of all at once on Monday with a news drop and getting a catastrophic reaction, we're kind of preparing the public for the news. To me, this all set up to understand that Watson was not going to be out a full year. Now, given that news, and of course, given what I said on the intro, it feels weird. The first thing I thought was, I'm going to get ahead of this market and bet the over on the Cleveland Browns. Alex, how do you how did you read the news coverage? What was your expectation of the suspension? Did you kind of see this out like I did as well? First of all, I'm so excited to be able to talk gambling and football with you all season long coming forward. Like now that we got all the sticky stuff out of the way, like this is gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Secondly, after my kind of career in gambling for about the last decade or so. You know, I think you're spot on to also recognize what some type of news like this does to a team internally, whether or not they're going to win games and be successful, especially if their coach is an unproven guy. So to get into your, you know, more meat of the question when it comes to how the NFL handle it, we are no, you know, rookies to how the NFL handles these things. If Deshaun Watson had any tape on him, that was going to be detrimental to how the league looks, this would be jail time and and over a year for sure. The NFL always knows how to plan this stuff out. 
and knows how to make sure that this becomes news when it's properly supposed to become news. Now, when it comes to the fact that, you know, you get ahead of the lines and stuff when you see this news come out, that is spot on. The lines are by Vegas are always, always within a game or two when it comes to, you know, overs and unders and stuff like that. So when a bit of news like this comes out, that you can kind of take some, you know, inventory of how the line moves and maybe take advantage or go the other way and take advantage of maybe they're not going to win as many games. That is an absolute pro move when it comes to gambling. There's a guy that I've been following for 10 years out of Vegas that confirmed every thought I had about when it comes to the NFL, when it comes to the culture and the surroundings of the team and the head coach and making sure that everybody's on the same page. So in this case, I think that the Browns are in some very big trouble the first year. The contract, having the suspension, all of the media that's going to be surrounding them, they might be in some trouble early. So, you know, if the line is nine and a half right now, as we discussed earlier, I could easily see in a month once everyone knows Deshaun's coming back, going to ten and a half. So, if you're looking at the over, potentially, this might be the right move to make before the line moves. So, everything you kind of said I agree with, and it's a pro move to look at all those factors. I like what you said. They might be in some trouble early in the season. However, let's take a look at their schedule, because even though Jacoby Brissett will be filling in, who's... Not that great of like a statistical quarterback, but the guy's been a winner, whether it was in New England or his short time in Indianapolis. When he is filled in, he's brought home some dubs. So if we go through the schedule, it's the next thing I want to do. Because if we're going to project win total, let's not just talk, you know, randomly and say overs and unders. Let's go through it and project some wins and losses. In their first six games, Alex, at home against the Panthers... Oh, no. Sorry. Correction. On the road against the Panthers. At home against the Jets. Quick Thursday turnaround at home versus the Steelers. Going to Atlanta for the Falcons. At home against the Chargers. And week six at home against the Patriots. So I'm looking at that, right? I see Panthers. You project a dub. Or a loss. I, I, I do think that they end up winning that game. I do not think the Panthers will have the quarterback play to get it done. I agree. I think the Panthers might be in some trouble this season. We then take on the Jets at home. So you know me personally, being friends a long time, that the Jets are close to my heart. And I am biased about the Jets. But if Watson's not playing, I could see this being a loss, but I do mark it up as a win. So 2-0, and let's go. Let's move on. Short week going against either we – we don't know the quarterback. I, I, you, you can even say that Jacoby Brissett will, might be the better quarterback against the Panthers with Darnold and Baker, against the Jets with Wilson, and potentially against the Steelers – with Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. 
Who are you taking in week three, Browns, short week at home against the Steelers? I absolutely disagree with what you just said, besides the first part about the Jets and Carolina. But when it comes to the Steelers, I and I know preseason doesn't mean shit in football, right? But Mitch Trubisky showed me some things in the preseason when he was taking over Josh Allen's role when they didn't play him in the preseason last year. I actually think that Mitch has gone through the ringer enough and was young enough coming into the NFL with a coach like Mike Tomlin and the Steeler type foundation that he is going to be. And again, if we want to tie it into fantasy, he's not going to be a fantasy quarterback of mine. But if you're talking about somebody who can win you games with a great roster at their age, I would take Mitch over Jacoby. And I think the Steelers win this game. And I don't think they win this game close. I think they win it handily. I can see the Browns being minus three and a half and the Steelers being minus three and a half, four and a half. And I would take the spread on the Steelers in this game. Got it. All right. So we're, we're two and one right now. Let's move on. Uh, I could see that game going either way. But again, if we agree that maybe one of the other games can go the other way too, we'll settle at two and one. We are traveling to the Falcons against Marcus Mariota. In Atlanta. Jacoby Brissett wins this game. He is the guy that will win this game because of the lack of defense from Atlanta. He will be able to prevail with the roster that the Browns have, and the Falcons will not have the quarterback play to handle them. The dominant run game of the Browns and the Falcons potentially being one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. Browns move to 3-1 and one under Jacoby Brissett. Now they take on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Alex, I don't think we need to go into this game. Chalk that up as an L. Alone let's, out. Move week, let's move to week six. Browns at home against the Patriots. Who do you have there? So this is the last Jacoby Brissett game. A Jacoby Brissett revenge game. Correct. Very true. He had some good wins in New England, but unfortunately, Bill Belichick... Kevin Stefanski, got to go Bill B. Easy win for the Patriots. Okay, so that means we're coming in to Watson coming back in week seven with you, and I agree, projecting a three and three record, correct? Yep, that's what it looks like. I agree, yep. All right, let's keep this moving. On week seven, Alex, Deshaun Watson comes back, and we get back-to-back divisional games on the road against the Brown, I mean, on the road against the Ravens, week seven, and then home against the Bengals, week eight. Do you want to touch on either of those two games? So, you know, the kind of chalk decision to make would be these Browns are a great roster and they're getting what, in my opinion, would be most valuable player when it comes to quarterbacks and people that affect wins. They're best quarterback after 250 or $350 million player, whatever it may be. I think they lose both these games. There is going to be a lot of turnover and, and timing, and Watson has not played for a while. The Ravens and the Bengals are better teams with better quarterbacks and better coaching. I think that they lose these two games, and maybe going into the Week 9 bye, that's when it turns around for a little bit of a stretch, but they got a tough schedule coming up. Tell me what you see. I would give them the split. You you have divisional games. Divisional teams always play each other really close. There will be a lot of energy. There will be a lot of momentum behind Watson's return. 
I personally project a little one-in-one -one split, but we'll move on. Alex, you mentioned that bye is week nine. When they come out of the bye week 10, they take on two AFC East teams at the Miami Dolphins. Shout out to their tampering case today. At the Buffalo Bills. I'm assuming we're going to chalk an L on the Bills. How do you feel about the Dolphins game? Bills are definitely an L. The Dolphins game is super up in the air, but like I said, coming off of a bye with Watson and maybe some of that turmoil being turned down, I think they get it together and go to Miami and beat the Miami Dolphins because Watson, if you remember, had some you know whispers and rumors that he was going to go to the Dolphins. So is this a revenge game? Is this, is this something that Stefanski can use as motivation to get down there? and come out of a bye week and, and get a win? I probably think so. But then when they go to the Bills, they're going to get smacked. Not a revenge game, but a bit of a spite game, I guess we could call no, it. No, I, I agree okay. with that. That's that's a better way to put it. I agree. Moving forward, you have them at uh, four and six right now. I have them at five and five, potentially even six and four in my book. Then they, they take on home against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. One of their last really tough games of the season. Are we taking an L against Brady? Yes. Taking an L against Brady. Okay. Brady's going to motivate them. It's going to be an easy one. Do not touch the Browns here. Tampa's going to win. I agree with that one. Although, historically, teams with dominant run games give Brady trouble simply because they can help keep him off the field. So, we will see how it develops over time, but my initial thought would be back Brady and the Bucks. Now, we play against the worst team projected in football, the team with the shortest odds to literally have the worst record this season, the Houston Texans, December 4th. We're going to put a dub on that. I'm not even going to put a dub go. on that. I'm going to say that they triple cover whatever the spread might be. It's going to be a 30-point win to try to get to the back half of the season. Oh, and that's also the Watson revenge game. Correct. In Houston. Correct. Circle that one on the calendar. Let's take the Browns with the spread. Uh, let's let not even just take the Browns. Take the prop of the alternate spread that's like triple or double the spread. They're going to dominate and win by maybe 30 or 40. I'm literally putting in my calendar, bring Alex back December 1st so we could talk about that game on December 4th. All right. Then we go again. Back to back. Bengals, Ravens. You had them. 0-2 in these divisional games earlier in the season. Do you think they're taking one of these two in back-to-back -back weeks later in the season when they play the, their divisional foes for the second time? Absolutely not. 0-2 here. Too much turmoil. They're going to be too up from the beatdown of the Bengals. Of the, sorry, of the Texans. They're going to be too up. The Cincinnati Bengals and Baltimore are going to see it coming. They have motivation against this piece-of-shit guy and they are going to dominate him and show him what the AFC North is all about. Again, I'll disagree. I say they split and go one and one. Saints at the Browns, third to last week. I guess that becomes week 16 since we now have 18 in football. Correct. So this is a game that might be a trap, but I really do think the Browns win it. Great. Let's move on. Commanders, second to last week. Carson Wentz, again, one of the worst teams projected in football. 
on New Year's Day? Win? So, this is a game you go back and forth with because of Wentz's freaking history. And, you know, if he's healthy and the commanders are kicking, they have run game and wide receivers and skill all over the field. I see the commanders winning this game because, sorry about your Giants, Mike, the NFC East is shit. And, you know, mm-hmm. if the commanders are in, like, maybe first or second place of this game, this could mean 10 times more to them than the Browns being in what place I think they might be in. And we might talk about that a little bit later. And I think Washington might have an advantage here, especially on grass because they're used to it. So this is a game I would chalk up to a coin flip at this point. So I will take the commanders. Wow. Okay. I'm going to take the Browns. Last game, Steelers week 18. Alex, are you projecting the Browns to go 0-6 in their divisional games this year, or are they finally taking one against the Steelers in week 18? Nope. 0-6. 0-6. Mitch Trubisky is going to will the Pittsburgh Steelers to a 10-plus, maybe 11-plus season. Mike Tomlin at the helm. Kevin Stefanski is not a good coach. They don't have it. The Browns are good at Browns, which I hate that stuff, but it's more about the coaching and the turmoil. 0-6 in the division. That's why I have them at the under. Losing to the Steelers at home, and the game's not going to mean anything. Wow. So me and you are pretty different on this. I think they crushed the Steelers twice. I think the Steelers have a really tough year. I am on the under on the Steelers at 7.5 wins. I think they come out, and the Browns are probably a 10-win team. I'm playing the over on their uh, win total at nine and a half, which is a plus 145. You could also play them plus 145, the exact same odds on team to reach 10 wins or more. I like either of those bets. It sounds like, Alex, you would go the other way and maybe take a alternate spread on one of their low win totals. I love the Browns under after doing a deep dive on the schedule before this show. With the Steelers over 7.5, I don't know if I love that, but if I did a deeper dive in the schedule, I think I would. I think Mitch Trubisky does some things with Mike Tomlin at the helm that surprise some people, and you know the Steelers going to steal her, for lack of a better term. Okay, so if we're, all, if we're talking about the Steelers and we're talking about the Browns, let's take this conversation over to the divisional odds for the AFC North. I think I said the AFC South before. It's the AFC North. <laughs> Ravens are plus 170. Bengals are plus 200. Browns plus 230. And your Pittsburgh Steelers, your Yinzer, plus 950. Who do you have to win the division? Do you think there's value in betting that team as well? No, I don't think there's any value in betting anybody besides the Bengals or the Ravens. The Ravens are going to win the division just so everybody knows. The Ravens are the best coach team they have Lamar Jackson that's a year older, healthy. I don't know if anyone watches training camp videos like I do, but he is jacked up. He's a year Huge. smarter. He looks amazing. He's always producing, and he's only going to get better. And like I was saying before about you know coaching and how important that really is to leading a team into war, which is what football is, it's war. Having a head coach like a John Harbaugh or a – um, Mike Tomlin, the, those are the guys that I trust in winning games. When it comes to like a Zach Taylor, I think he's proven a lot, and I think he learned a lot. I think they're going to be a great team too. When it comes to the Browns, just to kind of 
circle back to why I think they're going to go under. Kevin Stefanski doesn't really do anything for me. Like, that guy is not a Zach Taylor. He's not as smart as a Zach Taylor. And he's not as motivational as a Sean McVay. So I think that that is going to always be the Browns' soft point for why they will always underperform against these three teams that I think at any time could make a run like your Giants back in 2008 for any type of championship because they have that backing of the coaching staff. Alex, when we look at the either divisional odds or the odds to make the playoffs, I just want to point out one thing that I noticed. If you are betting these markets, the the, the play here is to bet the divisional winner, either Ravens or Bengals. Their odds to make the playoffs are around minus 150 as a yes for both teams. If we extrapolate this and we think about the NFL playoff bracket, we have divisional winner automatically in, and we have two wild cards from each conference. It's probable that one of the wild card teams is going to come from that stacked Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders division. And I actually think the second wild card team might be the Patriots behind the Buffalo Bills. So I don't like playing these teams to make or miss the playoffs because I think there's only going to be one playoff team from this division. So my lean would be to play the divisional winner because, again, you're getting Ravens minus 150 to make the playoffs and Ravens plus 170 to win the division. And in my mind, they're basically the same bet. Absolutely. Any reaction to that? No, absolutely. And I think that's spot on and great and smart information. And whatever the Ravens line is to be the better bet, whether it's the plus 170, that's what I'm taking. The Ravens are going to win the division. Promise you, book it, it's done. Let me ask you, let's get back to Watson a little bit. You think there's a rust factor coming off of two years of barely playing? Unfortunately, I don't. I think there might be more of a rust factor of a team camaraderie and a lot of the things surrounding the team. But this guy is literally one of the best players in the NFL. If you were talking about MVP as most valuable player to a team, right? This guy won 10 games on the Texans when the the roster was absolute shit. Like, this guy is literally an absolute electric show. The fact that he was not, like, a first first overall pick in the draft and maybe was a Taj Boyd effect and and, and Trevor Lawrence was is absolutely mind-blowing to how nothing these GMs know about evaluating quarterbacks. It's literally a crapshoot. So when it comes to him as a player, he is one of the best players in the NFL. He has proven it. Dabo told us. I don't think he's Michael Jordan because he's a fucking weirdo. But, (laughs) you know, this guy on the field is absolutely one of the best five players in the league that can affect your team to win games. I actually like the Michael Jordan comp because he took two years off and then came back and won a title in his first year. (laughs) I think it's more workable than a Clay Thompson comparison that I've seen recently of, oh, this other guy coming off of two years. He had two devastating injuries. I mean, Watson is healthy uh, and he's in peak physical condition and he's, what, 26 years old? So this guy is going to be looking good, feeling good when he starts playing, which is different than Clay, more similar to being a little bit like Mike. 
Um, fantasy aspect, Alex. You were the. I'll give you a little shout out and golf clap right now. You won our fantasy league last year. Oh yes, I did. I always argue. Let me let me say this. I'll throw you some shade real quick because I feel like I have to whenever we talk. It's because your team stayed healthy and you happened to draft Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. However, talk to me about Watson's fantasy value this year and how does the six game suspension play into things? Yeah, you know, my my trade for Debo Samuel had nothing to play into it as well. So, you know, I'll take that. And, you know, our commissioner, I know, is a big fan of the pod. He's listening. So, um, Kamish, got you. I know that you write the power rankings for our freaking league every year. And now you had to write for the first year in about three quarters of a decade that I'm number one. I'll see you in the finals next year, but you know, fuck you. Um, <laughs> second, um, in terms of Watson's fantasy value, you know, I, I, I live in two leagues. Our league is a four point fantasy touchdown league. And, and I also have a, another league that's six point fantasy touchdown. And I also know that a lot of people play in like, two quarterback leagues and stuff in that nature and whether it's 12, 14 or 10 players, whatever. If you have a two quarterback league, that's six points a touchdown. This guy will win you a fantasy championship. If you can pick the right guys, whether it's a Kirk cousin or a Carson Wentz for a couple of weeks going into the season, like he will help you if you can get him in a late round or if you're in an auction to get him for a low price, like this guy is going to be, absolutely one of the best fantasy players in the second half of the season, no matter what. He's proven it. He's young. Like you said, he's rested. He's going to do that. That being said, if you have a four-point touchdown, you know, four-point passing touchdown league, and, you know, it's 12 people, I would not put my eggs in his basket because you're going to lose out on one of the more consistent quarterbacks, let's say a Dak Prescott um, or, you know, a Derek Carr, who I'm high on this year, potentially, you know, just be careful because I wouldn't put all their eggs in their basket there because it might be a little bit until that bye week until he really kicks into being the the player that he's going to be in the second half. Alex, we know in fantasy roster spots, simply having that bench spot devoted to a random handcuff back in case their starter gets injured and now you have an RB1. We know that the value of roster spots on your bench is incredibly important. Are you someone who wants to roster Watson knowing he's going to miss six weeks and be a dead roster spot? Or are you foregoing drafting or auctioning for Watson at all cost because he's a dead roster spot for so long? I would probably be in the mindset of not auctioning him for a high price unless I get him at a bargain. And when it comes to, you know, like I said, maybe a, a, a snake league that's six points per touchdown or, or two quarterbacks, that's when I would maybe take Watson higher if you have a two-quarterback lead with a six-point touchdown. Because, great point. Because you can kind of get those two guys that are average, and then all of a sudden you have one guy that's probably great, like let's say a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr, and then you have Watson on top of that. You're going to have a great quarterback situation going forward if – you know, you're in a one quarterback league where it's four point touchdown and it's 12 or 14 teams, and you really need to be able to depend on that 20 to 30 points, whatever your point scoring league is for that quarterback. Then you do not wait on a Watson and say, hey, I'm going to get him later. And you go and get that quarterback that you make sure you have a top five, 
top five quarterback. I'm in the same boat as you, Alex. I think that's a great way. I don't play in any two quarterback leagues, but if I was, it seems like you can stash Watson and draft two quarterbacks knowing, hey, I might get an amazing weekly starter for the second half of the season. Whereas if I'm in a one quarterback league like we are, I'm thinking I'd rather have Chuba Hubbard on my bench and be a handcuff to CMC in case CMC gets hurt as opposed to Watson, because if CMC does get hurt at all in the first six weeks, you immediately have a better guy than Watson for the rest of the season. So you just, so, did you just tell me that you're going to spend 80 on CMC for the next three years straight going forward, no matter what this would mark the fourth year straight. <laughs> your boy has CMC. And yes, we will have CMC go Virgo. So, um, yeah, tipping my cap. Let's, uh, any other things that you feel like we need to touch on for the Watson? Is there any other player on the Browns that you'd be targeting in a props market, in a fantasy market? Uh, is there any other winners or losers from today that you want to talk about? Is there anything that we missed that you want to throw in here? No, honestly, from a Browns fantasy perspective, although I usually tend to stay away from these guys because there's been you know gaps in their production in the past, if you go by the numbers, Chubb is one of the best running backs by far in fantasy the last three years. I personally don't go for him because he does have an, a history of like significant injuries that could be out for a year, and those are the guys I stay away from. But you know, if I was to spend all my money on a player from the Browns, it's got to be Chubb. He's you know had stretches of fantasy of being by far the best player in you know, points-wise in the league. So, you know, other than that, I'm just super pumped to talk more fantasy and, and gambling over the course of the season, and uh, I'm happy you had me on, Mike. Love it. Thank you for joining me today, Alex. I really appreciate it. Let's win some money on this Browns. Over for me. I took Under. Okay, okay, so, so let's, let's recap, recap this, this real quick. quick. I, I am taking, taking the Browns, Browns over 9.5 at plus 145, and I am and also, also taking... taking the, the um, uh, Ravens, Ravens to win the, win the division, division at plus 170. I feel yes. like if you have those two bets in, you kind of are sort of betting for the Super Bowl hangover of the Bengals. And if either of those two teams, both at plus money, take over the division or win 10 games, you could potentially win both of those bets. But having them be both plus money, we only need one of them to win for us to become profitable. You know, you know Fed, I will AFC say one more thing, Fed. I will say one more thing yep, now yep. that you're talking about it. If I had to give one takeaway from the podcast of everything I said today, take yep. the Ravens to win the AFC North. They will win it handily. The Bengals will have the hangover, and the Ravens will be superior because of John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Take that for what you want, but I promise you that's a lock. As J.J. John Jastrzemski would say, we got a family play on the podcast. Me and Alex are taking a plus 170 Ravens winning the AFC North. Thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you for talking to me about Deshaun Watson and that absolute creep predator. Um, I'm looking forward to football. I'm looking forward to having more. Mike, Michael, we're on, we're, on the, we're on the goal line, man. I get chills thinking about the first Sunday. I could not. Wait, I literally get chills thinking about showing up to MetLife Stadium, Jets, Ravens, and and then my second week red zone on the couch. Like I am so 
pumped. I'm so pumped to talk more football with you going forward. This has been great. Thank you for having me, man. Let's go. Keep hitting the books. I look forward to talking. Hopefully next week we'll be back on the pod together. And please send your mother, Gabby, my love. I will. She loves you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take care, bud. <laughs>